Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. We are dedicated to bringing you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. We hope this will encourage, equip, and empower you to live your life without limits. As you realize your potential, you will join a dynamic group of passionate people who are actively bringing the unstoppable power of heaven into the darkest places on earth. Join us as we hear from regular, everyday people who are living the adventure of a lifetime in every area of their lives, including business, relationships, finances, and health. Here is your host, Justin Self. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm Justin Self, and before we get into the content, I wanna take a few moments to share a little bit of history behind this podcast. In 2012, I was very depressed, I was broken, and I was on the verge of suicide. Um, I was navigating a broken marriage, a pornography addiction, and I was having a very difficult time just making my ends meet. Um, my relationships were broken kind of on all sides, and I was a total mess. Throughout that time, uh, one thing led to another, and I ended up going back to a church. I had been out of church for a while, and one night I ended up having just the most radical encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. He revealed himself to me in such a powerful way. Um, ever since that moment, I've never been the same. I've been completely different. You know, my life has just turned right side up. I've really come into realizing my purpose in life and believing God for things, living in, in faith, and just seeing the most amazing things happen. After that experience, I got right into the Word of God. I didn't want to, man, I didn't, I didn't know a lot, but at least I had enough sense to know that I can't build my life off just an experience. And so, I got right into the Word of God, right, got right into some good teaching, and really solidified during those first few months after that experience, uh, the scripture and the word of God, just the foundation of how, you know, how solid the foundation of the word of God really is in my life. And so after a period of time, I started, you know, I went out and did what I read in the Bible. You know, I went out and laid hands on people and I prayed for them and I started pe seeing people healed, started seeing demons cast out of people, you know, I, it wasn't anything, it, it was totally radical to me, but I just, I saw it in the Bible. I saw these truths, you know, where he says in Mark 16, you know, the, this, these signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with tongues. So I just believed it. And I just started going out and doing it. And sure enough, results followed. And so this kind of started my journey of what I call, you know, living a life without limits. And the whole point behind Unstoppable is to encourage others, to equip, to teach, to empower people. I mean, everybody who, who's listening uh, to live a life without limits, to live up to our fullest potential, because I believe God has a plan and a purpose for every single person on the planet. Nobody is a dud. Nobody is meant to live a mediocre life. Nobody is meant to be average. Every single one of us is meant to do something great. And whether that something is to preach in front of a thousand people, or if it's just to love the person next to you, it doesn't matter. Those are both great things. We're called to greatness. We're called to impact people. And so this whole idea of living life without limits, a lot of it focuses on our own personal faith and growing and, you know, walking in health and walking in financial prosperity and all those types of things. But the main idea is that as we do that in our own personal lives, we're growing uh, in unity as a community. So if all of us, if each of us as believers are growing in these areas and experiencing victory in these areas, we we will end up working together in unity, right? The body of Christ is gonna be healthier, it's stronger and more able to bring the gospel of Jesus to the dark places on the earth. We need to be victorious. We need to be living a life without limits. We are the ones on the earth who has the answer. We have the answer. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the power of God. We're the ones that should be bringing light to the darkness. And so that's the whole idea behind Unstoppable. As we grow individually, as we fulfill our own God-given purposes and potentials, we end up working together with one another in unity, and we're going to bring millions of people, billions of people into the kingdom of God. Now, as far as the podcast goes, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're listening to it. Thank you so much. This is the third episode of the Unstoppable Podcast, and we are moving right along. Uh, it looks like we're on track to produce once a month. So thank you so much for all your support and for listening Really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know that we are continuing to work on the technical issues. Uh, this call uh, was again over the internet and we did have one moment where I think Aaron's uh, 
Bluetooth cut out or something like something weird happened. And so you'll, you'll hear a little bit of a weirdness in the middle of the episode, uh, but it, it gets fixed really quickly. So just a heads up on that. Also, uh, Aaron and I have been friends for a very long time. This is Aaron Patton, by the way. Um, and I'm going to give a quick intro in just a moment. But Aaron and I uh, mentioned a few people that we don't give their names or their context. And so I wanted to give you a heads up on that. We're talking primarily about the House Church in Vancouver, Washington, uh, head pastor Mike and Val Unverzat. And so those are the people we are mentioning in the podcast a couple times. And so uh, you can feel free to look them up, uh, thehousenorthwest.com. I believe it's actually housenorthwest.com or housenw.com. But they're an amazing church located in Vancouver, Washington, the Portland, Oregon area. Um, definitely our father and mother in the faith. Uh, and so we're so grateful to them for everything they, they poured into our lives. And I know they're just pouring into other people's lives uh, like crazy right now. So God's doing an amazing thing there too. So what Aaron Patton is a, uh, he's part of Iris Ministries, Iris Global, which is Heidi and Roland Baker and uh, their work out in Pemba, Mozambique and all over the world. Uh, Aaron and his wife, Katie, have been missionaries in Haiti and have also worked overseas in many areas, many different countries, but primarily in South Africa and also in Mozambique, uh, doing Harvard uh, mission schools with Iris and teaching other Christian leaders. Uh, these guys are, you know, leaders of leaders. They're people who pour into other leaders of all different ethnicities and backgrounds uh, to encourage them and equip them for life on the mission field, but also how to minister cross-culturally. So Aaron has a lot of experience with, um, international ministry, but also with local ministry and with just, you know, he, he seeing the power of God. We're talking today about the glory of God. And that seems like a really big subject, but you'll see why I chose Aaron um, as a guest on this podcast, because he is a man who has seen the glory of God. Uh, he has experienced it and he and I have experienced it together. And you'll, you'll hear a few stories on the podcast about that as well. So I know you're really going to enjoy that. Um, side note, when, I, when Aaron calls me on the phone, his picture that crops up is a picture of him and his wife, Katie, when we at the church, we were all laying hands on them, commissioning them for their very first time to go out in the mission field. And on my camera, I have a picture of the visible, and you may not believe this, but I, I do because I was there, the visible glory of God descended on that place. And we're indoors and it looks like a fog machine was going full tilt. And I have the picture. Every time he calls me, I see that picture and you just see this cloud of glory over him. And I just think it's, you know, it's just cool. And again, you may, you may think that's rubbish, but, um, but it's okay. It's, it's cool. So we are talking about the glory of God today and how God's glory manifests today and what it looks like for us today. And of course we, we don't by, by any means attempt to uh, have a handle on it. Right. But we're sharing some stories and some experiences about that. And so I think you're really going to be encouraged and even challenged by today's word. Now, as a way of introduction, um, I do want to mention something quickly. Um, we do, Aaron and I start talking about something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We start talking about that pretty much right off the bat. And so I wanted to provide some context for that. I know that you might not be comfortable with that, or you might have some weird connotations with what that might mean. And so I just wanted to look at some scripture just real quick before we start this podcast um, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I want to point out real quickly that in John chapter 20, and it's in verse 21 and 22, that Jesus breathes on his disciples. This is after he was ascended, rose again. He'd already died, went to hell, took the sins of the world. I mean, he took care of business, right? This is afterwards. This is Jesus breathing on them. And it says right here in verse 22, it says, when he had said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe this was when the disciples were born again. I believe they received the Holy Spirit, which is a mark of when a person receives um, Jesus as their Savior. You also receive the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that 100%. Absolutely, the scripture says that. And this is evidence of that. I also want to point out, however, that what the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a second experience. It is not what we call, uh, you know, being born again or receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. I don't believe that scripture indicates that that is what Jesus is talking about when he talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So check it out. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus himself uses this terminology. He uses that word in verse, I'm going to read verse 4 and 5. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Okay. And being assembled together with them, 
he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. Now, this is Jesus talking. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. This is after he had already breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. So they received the Holy Spirit, which I believe was their born again experience. And then here later, just before he ascends into heaven, he says, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. And then on in verse eight, I'm sure you know this one. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I believe the second experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit after salvation for a Christian, I believe that is God's anointing on your life with power to do the will of God and to do the works of Jesus. Here's one example in scripture, and I'm going to end with this with my intro because otherwise I'd talk forever on the subject. <laughs> but this is in Acts chapter 8, and I just want to point out to you that I believe I believe this is one of the strongest evidences we have in the Bible. That this is a separate experience besides what I just told you. Um, this is in Acts chapter 8, and we are in verse 14, and I'm going to read 14 through 17, okay? It says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. I encourage you to check that out. Um, and so I just wanted to, to start out the podcast with some with a precursor along those lines that Aaron and I are just going to start, we just kind of go, go right into it, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and all this stuff. But I just wanted to make sure that I pointed out that scripture doesn't say anything about, uh, you know, if you don't speak in tongues or if you're not quote baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, all these crazy, you know, Pentecostal weirdness, you know, <laughs> if, if you're not in that realm, the scripture doesn't say that you're not born again. Okay. Scripture says very clear that you are born again when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior right? That is the born again experience. And you do receive the Holy Spirit. However, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, this is from scripture and from my own experience, that there is a second experience available for the believer today. And it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it does come with the thing with speaking in tongues is an initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I believe that speaking in tongues is something that uh, is to be continued throughout the rest of one's life. Again, I could talk forever on this and I better quit because we're, we're getting, I'm cutting into the time here, but speaking in tongues, baptizing the Holy Spirit, there's so much power available to the believer. Um, I believe it's the dis difference between uh, just floating along, maybe in, in, in the atmosphere, you know, as a bird, maybe with your wings out and you're just kind of floating, you know, which is, that's, that's great. You're floating. I mean, you're, you're a believer, you're born again, you're soaring above, you know, the darkness and, you know, the world system because we've been translated into the kingdom of, of light, you know, that's great. That's beautiful. I love that. Praise God for that. But I feel like when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, when you go through that, I mean, you, you have the second encounter when faith comes by hearing and you hearing by the word of God, when you read in the word that it's a second experience and you say, yeah, I want that. Let's go for it. You know, let's see what this is all about. Lord, if you've got something for me, Lord, I want it. I believe that takes you from floating above in the atmosphere to, to flying into a jet stream. And I'm telling you, man, you are just, shoot, you know, you are gone. Like you're suddenly going 500 miles an hour, man, you're just going for it. I mean, purpose, life, power, you know, the things that God has for us, all the promises of God, you know, speaking in tongues, you know, manifestation of the words of knowledge, words of wisdom, healings, miracles. My goodness, it's just the doors just get blown off. Your box of who God is just gets completely blown off. So that's how I would say, um, I would sum this up. So be encouraged. Um, I encourage you to listen to this podcast with an open mind and an open heart. Let the Lord speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit do something inside you. If you're a pro, I mean, if you've been walking in the Holy Spirit for a while, man, I pray that this podcast encourages you even more. It just takes you to a new level. If this is something new for you and you might not be super comfortable with it, hey, thank you for hanging on so far. If you're still listening to me, you're, you're still engaged, you know. I just encourage you to open up your heart and let the Lord speak to you and encourage you along these lines. With that, thank you so much for listening. I love you. I'm so happy that you're with me today. Let's get right into today's episode. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. 
And I'm not here alone. I'm here with my good friend, Aaron Patton. Hey, everybody. So good to be here with you, Justin, and just to be able to glorify God today. Aaron and I were just talking a moment ago about how good it is that we can meet like this together. And I'm looking at your face and I just love you, brother. This is amazing. Mm. I love you as well. The years have been so good to you. You look beautiful. Uh, And I could just tell that God's been moving on your life and your family just by your countenance. It's Mm. really, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, you Mm. are. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my beard is getting a little grayer with this uh, new baby of ours that we've had for 11 months now. The sleep is very faint. That's what I was going to say. You've your beard has changed color because of the uh, 11 months of no sleep. <laughs> it's true. They say that it, uh, the, the Bible says that you get more gray hairs, the more wisdom you gain. And I'm wondering if wisdom and no sleep uh, are interchangeable or if, or if you <laughs> learn more wisdom as you don't sleep. I don't know. We'll find out in a couple years, I think. That's awesome. Um. I just was thinking about all the times that you and I have had together as believers. Mm. Um, you and I were baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe, right around the same time. Wasn't it about two weeks apart or something like that? It was super close. You were before me. And I remember watching the group of men that were with you just all fall down and like hit the ground and and you're shaking and your arms just shoot straight up into the air and just start uh, praying in tongues. I, I was in the background. I remember thinking like, this is powerful stuff. Like, I don't, I don't have this. I don't really understand it at that moment, you know, but I could see that it was real and it wasn't fake at that moment. I didn't know you were there. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't even know you, I think at all. Well, I was sitting in the, I think I was sitting in the back with the Cotterlicks that night. I remember uh, I was with John and Jody. I think we're sitting, you know, the circle tables. I was in the back right uh, corner of the room. And I rem- I just remember that happening. It was a powerful night. <laughs> <laughs> it was a night that changed my life forever. And and then you were, I know you were driving in your van and just mm-hmm. had, were having revelation. And then it, I think it happened in one of those upper rooms, <laughs> right? At that church. Well, the first time, I'll tell you the first time that it happened, I was in a meeting with Mike and I was in his uh, office that was on the second floor and, and he was just, he was just kind of walking me through the simplicity of receiving the Holy Spirit and, and how it's a gift to all believers, you know, which means we get to unlock that. We get to open that up um, and receive it from him. And so as he's walking me through it, he's just gently talking about, you know, speaking in tongues and receiving your tongues language. I think it was after seeing what happened in that meeting with you, where I just decided to give it a shot and, and be vulnerable and, and start moving my lips, you know, moving my tongue, putting faith and action behind everything I've heard and, and even witnessed. And so I started doing that. And Justin, I mean, I was, it felt like I was hit with a ton of bricks, glory bricks. It was just whammo. And I started speaking and then I blacked out. I mean, blacked out, gone. And I wake up and I'm on the ground under the chair and Katie, Scotty and Mikey and, and Mike and Val were all standing over me, just like you'd see in a movie where someone's got knocked out and everyone's huddled around them. That's what it was like. And they were all laughing at me because I had started laughing in the spirit as well and speaking in tongues. And that marked my life forever because I walked away from that experience Um, filled with the power of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, And even after I left that room, I couldn't audibly speak for about five to seven minutes because the glory of God had just descended on me in such a a weight and a power that left me speechless, left my mouth. I just couldn't, there was no words at that moment for what had just happened. And so that was the first of many, many encounters with the Holy Spirit and just seeing his power and his glory fall. Um, but that, yeah, that was the catalyst moment for me where I, 
I received it. Well, you mentioned the glory of God, and that's kind of what we talked about is what we're talking about today. Um, you know, uh, a lot of us grew up in homes and in denominations if, or, or church backgrounds where the glory of God maybe isn't something we talk about a whole lot. And certainly when people talk about speaking in tongues and falling on the floor and some of these crazy manifestations, you know, how, how is that scripture? Is that based on scripture? You know, can we actually say that those types of things are related to the scripture? And like you mentioned, the glory falling, you know, is that scriptural? Can we, can we talk about that a little bit? I think, yeah, I think that when we talk about the glory falling, I think we have to understand that, you know, it's, it is the glory of God. It's, it's his power and his presence that dwells within us. You know, we are the temple of the Holy spirit. He, he lives inside of us, but also um, understanding that he can enter the room whenever he wants. It's not up to us. It's not necessarily anything we do. Um, I think we can make the environment ripe and ready, but, but when he wants to come, he comes. And I think of a big manifestation of the glory. The first that I can think of actually was, um, and not the first I can think of, but one of the ones where the power really fell was uh, when Jesus was about to get arrested in the garden mm. and they asked him, they said, you know, are you, what do they say? Are you the Christ? Are you the Jesus that we're looking for? And, and he says, I am. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the moment he declares that I am, it says that they were knocked off their feet. They, they, they fell to the ground and I don't think they were expecting it. I don't think that that was in, in their plans of, of capturing Jesus. Um, but it happened. The glory of God fell in that place at that moment and people were shaken off of their feet. Yeah. I mean, they fell to the ground and, and, and so to think that in, in today's age, as we're going after his presence, after getting closer and closer to him and to have experiences where his glory falls and, and we feel lightheaded or we feel like we're losing our balance or, or even fall to the ground unexpectedly. I don't think it's wrong to, to, to see that or to expect that at times because it happened even in the Bible with people that did not want it or expect it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm not sure how much reading you've done on the subject of, you know, along the lines of the pouring out of the, what I call the latter rains of the mm. Pentecost movement, you know, and Azusa yeah. Street and Bonnie Bray Street and all that in the early 1900s. But those guys, if you study out what they, their stories, so much of what they're talking about um, is offensive to the church. And they're yeah. like, you know, people are falling down and then, then you have black people and white people worshiping together. And it's like, that was super offensive at the time. But you right. have these people that are seeking after God and seeking after, you know, this thing they call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what is this and what's going on? And, you know, there's story. I just read a story uh, today that uh, in, in one of the meetings, there was a train that was driving through the town and on the train, people were falling out. My goodness. Like, and there was a meeting going on in the town and these people were completely unrelated, just driving on a train through this. Thing. <laughs> and it's like, what is that about? You know? And so I think it's important, you know, that we talk about the glory of God and then we understand goodness. It's for us. Like what is his glory and what does he say about his glory? And uh, it's, is, is it, you know, it's more than just these manifestations that are, that are wonderful. But God's glory is real. It's so real and it's available for us to connect with. And it's part of who he is, you know, and the Bible says that his glory is his goodness, right? Yeah. When, when Moses was like, show me your glory. God didn't mm. say, okay, yeah, I'll show you my glory. God said, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you. Mm. God responded by saying, yeah, okay, I will show you my goodness, which is yeah. my glory. I'll show you what you're asking for. And he did. So God's yeah. glory cannot be separated from his goodness. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I was reading um, in Habakkuk 2.14, it said, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And that's the ESV, but I just think about how the knowledge of the glory 
fills the earth. It fills the atmosphere. It, it, if you want to have the knowledge of the glory of God, it's at your fingertips. It's, it's, it's right. The words of this Bible just pronounce his glory. They, they show his glory. They actually help unlock the realms of his glory that are deep, deep wells, like, like what we were talking about, you know, the deep times that you and I spend would spend in his presence in the upper room. We didn't need to open the Bible at all for that to happen because we knew what it said. We knew what the word said. We knew that he inhabits the praises of his people that he, you know, he lives in us. And, and so when you get revelation like that, when you know that the knowledge of his glory is at your fingertips and as you seek after it, he just manifests himself in ways that are so beautiful and intimate and exactly how you need it at that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not a formula, right? It's not like you, like what you're saying is not that you have to open the Bible and go to a certain chapter and like, it's not, it's not a formula. Uh, Although Mm. of course, what we're saying is that the glory of God and the manifestation comes from a knowledge of the scripture, of course. However, it doesn't come from a formula saying, okay, Lord, show me your glory. I'm going to read six verses. Then you're going to show up. I mean, God's, like you said, God's big, big, God's good. Mm-hmm. He can, he can show up how he wants to, right. but I love talking to you about this because you're one of the only people in my life. Mm. Um, in fact, I would say that you are the person in my life whom I have shared experiences with the most mm. pertaining to the glory of God. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember that time when, when we were at Izzy's restaurant oh, in Vancouver, man. Washington, oh, man, yeah. what happened there? <laughs> Tell us what happened. <laughs> You know, I was so excited to eat my pizza that I had gotten. And we, I mean, I don't remember if we had actually gotten our plates or if we had just sat down to just meet before we ate. But we sat in that booth. And did we say any words to each other? Do you remember? I I don't even remember, Aaron. I have no idea what happened. I mean, (laughs) we get to get, I see your face and I've seen your face so many times when the glory has hit that when I see your face, it's almost a reminder of (laughs) the presence and power and the things that God has done in my life, around my life, um, while you were there. And so, yeah, we sat down at that booth and it was like a joy bomb just went off at the table. I mean, we belly laughed. I think, you know, I think we may have been talking, we may have brought up a Kenneth Hagin video or something. You know, we, we always were in the habit of talking about him Mm -hmm. when we were together to some capacity. And so we made him the center and the focus of the times that we were together. Mm. And he was just faithful to show up. And that day he showed up in a way that I've, rarely experienced ever since and it was because our heart posture was to find him to seek him to to welcome him into everything we were doing and saying well let me let me define the word glory um, yeah. in the in the in the hebrew so in the hebrew it's this word kavod kavod is the mm. word for glory and this word shows up uh 371 times in the King James wow. version of the Bible. That's new, mm-hmm. old and new Testament. Um, there's a couple different words for glory in the new Testament, but I'm just going to talk about this particular f- word for a moment. Kavod. It means glory, honor, glorious, or abundance, splendor. Okay. But it also literally, it means heaviness, wow. weightiness. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And I'm just thinking about, uh, Psalms chapter eight, This is really what the Lord's put on my heart. This is Psalms chapter eight, and I'm going to go with verse three. Do you have your Bible? Mm, I do. Those of you who are listening, I hope you have your Bibles too. Okay. Unless you're driving, then don't, uh, don't do that. (laughs) Look it up later. So verse three says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you, this is talking about God, you Mm -hmm. have made him, man, a little lower than, now my translation says the angels, but did you know that that word in the Hebrew is not actually 
angels. It's not talking about an angel. That word in the Hebrew is Elohim, Elohim. which is the, that's the plural for God. Yeah. That word was wow. translated as God, I think 2,300 times, like 2,300 times or something. Mm. Um, as God, and this is one of the only times it's translated as angels. So, angels, yeah. So, really, what this is saying is for you, God, have made him, man, a little lower than Elohim. You've mm. made man a little bit lower than the triune God. This is talking about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Wow. So, listen to this part. This is the second part of verse five. It says, and so you've, you've created him to be a little bit lower than the triune God, and you have crowned him mm. with glory and honor. Wow. So this is talking about in the original creation, Aaron, the original creation, God designed human beings to just be a little bit lower than himself. Yeah. The triune God, the Godhead, the three in one, we are just underneath that. Mm. That's amazing. And then you have crowned him, which means surrounded with and encompassed about with is the word, what that word crowned means with yeah. glory and honor. So that's how we were designed to be. Mm. So, what would you say about that? I mean, when we're here, we're living in the church age, this is the New Testament times, um, when we're accessing the glory of God, right? Some yeah. people do, some people don't, right? What's up with that? And how does that tie into God's original intent and creation of us being, I mean, right here, it says you have crowned him with glory and honor. That was his original design. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that I have observed over the last few years is that, there's a real hunger and a desire for his glory, for, for that, to, to see his glory, to experience these things. And just honestly, what I've seen, and I've been around the world a couple different times, I've seen some people and some things, and I see that people want the gratification of what comes along with that without going after the responsibility of what it actually means to look like Christ, what, what it means to live righteous, live holy, to live a blameless life, which uh, believe me, I'm the first to tell you that, you know, none of us are perfect, that we all fall short, but, but that with this, and I'll just read it, out of second Corinthians three eighteen, which I'm sure is a verse that you probably thought of. It's um, for me, it's ESV. It says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And I, I've heard that verse used in many different ways that I don't necessarily think they're meant to be used. Um, for instance, you know, well, we're, we're just going from one glory to a next, you know, or if they're dealing with a hardship or a hard time, they, they think, well, this just, I know that this verse means that I will get to the next glory. But when I read this, I see that we are being transformed, but in order to be transformed, you know as well as I do, there has to be a cooperation with God. Oh, yeah. There has to be a, I mean, he, Jesus was the first one to say, go and sin no more, you know, to the woman who was caught in adultery um, and several other people that, you know, he healed or um, delivered. He, go and sin no more was what he said quite frequently because there has to be a cooperation of turning from the things in our life that are holding us back, in my opinion, from moving from glory to glory. I believe we are being transformed into his image, but there's a cooperation. There has to be a, I choose to live righteously. I choose to live holy. I choose to turn away from the old things that have held me down, the shackles that are there. And I've seen and I've talked with you a little bit about, you know, the idea of postmodernism, and that's the idea that in today's world, we all get the, we all have the right actually to choose what is truth for ourselves. So what may be an apple to you looks like an orange to me, instead of having a definite yes or no. And, and the Bible has the definite 
thus saith the Lord truths and proves that if you're a Christian, this we are not to live in a postmodern world. And so for me, going after living righteously, going after living holy, you know, putting away the, the party lifestyle or, you know, the towing the gray line that we, we know that Jesus hates. He says, be lukewarm. Don't be lukewarm, be hot or be cold, right? Um, I think that as we, and it's a journey, it's a process. I'm not saying anyone's there, but as we pursue that being sold out hot on fire for him, we get to see more of his glory. We get to be transformed more into his image and we see more levels, levels of glory. And, and with you seeing my transformation from where I was to where I've come to, I'm not, I'm still not perfect, but I went, we went after it. We spent hours with hunger and just reverence for him to where we, we were allowed to see certain levels of glory that I don't think many people I know have even seen. And we and still think, do. Yeah. And we still do. And that comes, that comes from a heart yeah. posture yeah. of wanting to look more like Christ. Well, I love what you brought up. And you know what, if you just back up one verse, look at this. Now this, now the Lord is the spirit. This is second mm. um, Corinthians chapter three, verse 17. You just read yeah. 18. Let's just yeah, back yeah. up to 17. Now where the, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Yeah. There's liberty in living a holy life. Okay. Yeah. Since you brought it up. Yeah. Okay? Living righteous and holy has absolutely nothing to do with our salvation. Right. Right. Definitely. It not. doesn't. Yep. You know what has to do with our salvation? Believing on Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. putting trust in the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Putting faith in the blood of Jesus Christ is what saves us from our sin nature, yeah. causes us to be born again, and boom, now we're right with God. Yep. Now, Easy. from that point on, we can choose to continue to live in sin. Now, right. if you are, and you and I, of course, we've talked about this many times, of course, yeah. if you if you have had a legitimate born again experience, chances are is you are not going to continue to live in sin because now right. your heart has been changed. Your nature has been changed. So mm. there is a period of time where, and you and I both t- have experienced this exa- exact same thing when we are radically born again, or in our case, baptized in the Holy spirit and kind of like reborn again, you know, after having this, like we've been Christians for a long time, but then, you know, kind of lukewarm and then now we're on fire. And it's like, suddenly there's a, there is a purging mm. of the sinful things in our life. And it's not because of, we're trying to work our way up to God. It's because we are, there is an awe and a reverence that comes with the presence and the glory of God. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's, a, it's a purifying fire. So, and again, though, back to this, this is where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Yeah. There's so much liberty in living a holy life. It's not mm. to gain God's favor. It's not to get healed. It's not to gain his blessings, but it's because when you live a holy life, you're living in liberty. Yeah. You're not living in bondage. Yeah. And I, and I think about the one that holds us in bondage, the one that, you know, tries to take away our freedom, that makes us feel shame and condemnation. When we, when we choose to live in sinful nature, even if we're running from it, it's, it's almost like you're giving him, you're giving Satan the ability to make you feel a certain way. You know, you're, you're allowing him to bring on that shame or that, you know, when Jesus says, you know, I take that all away from you. So, you know, it's almost like when we focus on the liberty that comes with that, we focus on Jesus and what he's done for us and we run after him with everything. And, and that's really why it's so important is because we want him to be our aim and our focus. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to tell another story. <laughs> we, yeah. have to, we have to tell this story. So you remember when we were, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Where do we even start? So we, you and I used to spend, like you said, a bunch of time or quite a bit of time up mm-hmm. in the, the upper room of that church, That's that right. old church. And we called it upper room prayer. Yeah. Well, I remember um, bef- backing up. So we were up in the upper room, I believe, mm-hmm. praying. And we felt <laughs> like normal. And we felt the just, uh, I believe we just felt like going to Starbucks or something. We were just like, we need to go to Starbucks. Let's go get yeah. some coffee, but let's just, we're, we're just so excited. Let's find someone to minister to. I don't know. Let's mm. just, we were just filled to the brim with the, the glory of yeah. God, the experience of God. Now we came from a moment of prayer and intimacy with the Lord 
right brimming with this experience of the glory yep. go to starbucks and remember how we were sitting out there and i believe correct me if i'm wrong on this i don't think I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if i'm telling this exactly correctly but i do remember a, a lady yep. um who was either walking into starbucks or walking out i think she might have been walking in and she had either was it a leg brace or was it a wrist brace it was a leg brace i remember it was um I don't remember if it was a, a metal brace or if it was just one of those big cast boots that was on her foot, but clearly it was inhibiting her from, you know, the fullness of life that God has for her, but also she was hobbling around. That's just not fun. And so, yeah, we just, I mean, it was a really amazing experience when we felt, I mean, I just felt impressed right away that we needed to do something. You want to continue on with that? Oh, Sure. So I remember we were sitting outside and so we, I don't remember how exactly it happened, but we went inside this, the building and politely, you know, said, Hey ma'am, um, we noticed you're in a wrist, uh, in a leg brace. Would you be okay if we pray for you? We believe God heals and we believe God wants to heal you of this right now. And you know, we didn't make it weird, but we were in public, right. you know, yeah. but we, we didn't make it weird. It was all about kindness. And if she said no, we would have said, okay, bless you, you know, walk away. No big deal. Mm -hmm. But we, we believe we had an opportunity, right? We believe we had heard from the Lord. And so she was receptive. And I believe it was inside the store in, in line in front of all these people that we just, we knelt down and we prayed for that leg and mm. we, we put our hands on that thing. And we said, in the name of Jesus, you know, be healed. Yeah. And she reacted instantly. She started, I think she started yelling. I mean, loud. She, did. she was, she was hooping and hollering. I remember yeah. I remember it was pretty boisterous. It was, it was fun. It's, it's the kind of response that actually, you know, you never want it to be about responses, but you do feel a little bit good when they respond positively to what you're, what well, you're, yeah. when Brit Jesus is coming into the room. And so <laughs> she was, I mean, she was a, a sweet, uh, she was a sweet black lady and man, she was I mean, she was going for it. She was, I'm healed. I'm healed. Glory. I feel the power of God. You know, like she's yeah, like, I feel, yeah, yeah. I remember she said something about, I feel tingling. It's tingling yep. up my leg. It's tingling yep. all the way up my leg, you know? Yep. And, Absolutely. Uh, and you know, she, I don't remember if she took that. She might've taken the brace off right then and there. I, 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 she took I the think, brace okay. off and she walked around on it Glory and she God. was just like, yeah, I mean, she was really touched by the Holy spirit. And that's the glory. Yeah. You know, he's crowned us with glory. Um, and then I do remember on our way home from that, was this the same day where you were so, I mean, you were brimming so that full was... of the Holy Spirit. And then remember we saw <laughs> that, that man, cross, he was on the other side of the road and he was a blind man walking yep. with a cane. Yep. You, I remember this very clearly, mm -hmm. you ran across traffic and almost got hit by a car. Oh man. Yeah. To, to go and minister to this blind guy. You were, you were going to see that man's blind eyes opened up. Oh. You, you were going to see it happen. Jesus. Right yeah. They, you know, <laughs> sometimes I think that the glory of God gets so strong. And when you're young like that in the faith, you're just not afraid of anything. Amen. You just, you say the God's got my back and, and people need to know his love. They need to, to see his um, love in, in action and in, in real life. And, and the glory, the glory to God comes when we step out and we assume the role that his son, Jesus gave us. He gave us the authority of his name, Jesus. He said, you'll pray in my name and these things will happen. And so when we, when, when I prayed for that man, for his eyes to be open, they didn't open. He was, you know, he was blessed and he really was honored that someone would go out of their way to do that. But just the fact that I was obedient, that, that we were bringing the name of Jesus before someone else, that brings him glory, okay. you know, and, and that's, it's such an important part of our walk as Christians is making his name known. Wouldn't it be better for us to go for it like that and be a little bit ambitious than to just not do anything at all and say, oh, well, these things passed away. I'm not even going to try. I, you know, if I, if God wills it or if he moves on me, you know, specially, then maybe right. I'll go do something. Isn't it just better to, I know it seems a little crazy, but isn't it better to spend time with the Lord and get filled up and experience his glory and then go out and miss it a couple of times yeah. than to do nothing? Yep. It's there. 
I mean, his glory is here. He is here with us. He's here for us. His, mm. And it's not just, you know, ministry to other people is wonderful and definitely a manifestation of the glory of God, of course. But you know what? Even if we had no one to minister to, Aaron, mm. we could spend time with Jesus and just experience his glory in relationship with him. Yeah. That's how, it, that's how it was supposed to be in the beginning. That's what, what we were designed with. Now, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the what? Glory of God. We've fallen short of the glory. So what's the whole mm. point? He's redeeming us back into a state of glory. Amen. And it's not just some you know spiritual concept. Uh, it's, it's not just glory in the eternity, but it's glory that we can experience now. We are made right now equipped to be kings and priests in this age, to reign as kings in life in this age. And part yeah. of that it comes with the, ex, um, the experience of the glory of God. Yeah, and I want to read a verse. Um, it's, it's John 17, uh, 4 through 5, and then I'll skip down to 10 through 11. Okay. Because I think what you said was, was spot on in that we, you know, we were created to be in his glory, to be, I mean, he, he created us in his image uh, with Adam and Eve spotless, literally at that point, spotless, sinless. And even then it was for his glory. Like we are created to glorify him, to, to honor and worship him. And in revelations, all they're doing is worshiping and honoring and pouring out praise and love and adoration and glory. You know, they're pouring on the glory to him. And that's, that's what we get to look forward to is, is that being with him. And, and so on earth, he created beings that would glorify him just by who they were and, and just by, you know, their love for him. And so in John 17, this is Jesus praying in the garden. So this is one of the best or lengthiest prayers. We see him praying to the father. Um, And he says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now father glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So just pause there real quick. So uh, I've been talking to some of the community here um, about faith, hope, and love and the importance of faith, hope, and love. And just a real quick snippet, faith pleases God. We know that faith, it takes faith to please God. And hope, biblical hope, is uh, something that's expected. And what I like to say is God gave, you know, in Hebrews 11, it talks about the the hall of faith and all the um, greats in the Bible that had a dream that God had given them to go after. And as they're going after these things, like Moses getting to the promised land or Noah building an ark, there was encounter the whole way. I mean, God was encountering and reaching out. And it was that hope, it was actually that, it was that anchor that they were going after that gave them the ability to use their faith. So, so they needed faith to build an ark. He needed faith to cross the river. Hey, your audio just cut out. Can you hear me? It cut out. There we go. You were just saying about how, I mean... Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. And they needed faith to accomplish those things, to build the ark. They needed faith for that. And it, they needed faith from God, really. It's the source of the faith yep. in order to bring the glory. Right. And what does it say? It says, love is the only one of these things that remains. And so the importance isn't on, in this life, it's, it's you know, we have to use faith to get to the hope. But really, Along the way, it's how are we loving God and how are we loving people Amen. as we go towards this hope. And so Jesus, just like we all have a hope that he's put inside of us, he's given each of us a dream to run after um, so that we can use faith every day and so that we can love people every day. I mean, you have a dream. I have a dream God's given me. Jesus actually had a dream 
and he's ex- explaining it right here. He knows there's a hope in his life that he is going to die for salvation for the world. This is his final destiny, and he knows that this is where I'm heading. And so when he says, I have accomplished the work that you gave me to do, and I've glorified you on earth as I've done it, now bring me back to glory like I was before I even existed in this world. Mm -hmm. Well, we get to glorify him on earth daily as we go after him and as we seek after him and as we walk towards these things that he's put on our heart. And I believe fully that that's part of the moving from one glory to another is, is that as we move closer to him, he wants to take us to deeper and more intimate levels of glory, just like our original intent, like you were talking about from the beginning. I mean, I think of, Enoch pleased God, you know, and he walked with him. Yep. He didn't. He didn't need to die. He he got there. Um, Elijah, Elijah, you know, rode off in chariots. These these are are great greats in the faith that, um, by all accounts, seem to have attained the glory and given God the glory to where he he was able to just say, all right, come home. You're don't need you on the field anymore, you know? Um, and so we get this opportunity in this life. And then I, do you want to add something or can I jump down to verse 10 and 11? Go right ahead. Says all mine are yours. This is Jesus continuing on all mine are yours. And he's talking about the people that he has discipled intimately. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. So Jesus is actually saying, I am glorified in the ones that you have given me and that I've poured out on. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. And what this is showing is that he, he literally is passing on a mantle. He's passing on a torch to his disciples and to the people that have followed him all this time faithfully. And he's saying, they are going to glorify me because by me being glorified, you get glorified, God, you get glorified. And so as we live our life like Jesus in the image of Jesus, the glory literally funnels up to God. Mm, amen. And, and, and so our lives are so entwined with the glory of God. It's, it's such an important thing to understand. And that's why I'm so glad we're talking about the topic of the glory because the tangible glory feels so good, you know, feeling his presence, feeling that weightiness that you were talking about, but also understanding the responsibility that we have carrying it to portray Jesus in a way that's going to glorify God, not just glorify ourselves or glorify our ministry or glorify this earth and what's done on this earth. Like, like we have a responsibility to make sure that it, it is giving glory to God. Amen. That's what I have to say. About that, that. Is a, that is a good <laughs> word, my friend. That is a word that we need to hear. Mm. It's not just about an, a manifestation, although yeah. those things are wonderful. Incredible. We are carriers of the glory. You know how it talks about in Second Chronicles 7 when Solomon dedicated the temple Oh, yeah. And the the priests of the Lord could no longer stand because of the glory of God. They couldn't enter the room. (laughs) Well, let me ask you a question, Aaron. Where is the temple today? Where is the temple of God right now? Oh, it's in each one of us that believe in him. It is. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So what fills the temple of the Holy Spirit? Oh, 
Well, what what fills the temple? He fills what, the temple. He fills the temple with his glory. He fills the temple. And so it's important for us to understand exactly the point you just made. And I hope I, I'm going to have to listen to that again myself because that there's so much power and Holy Spirit anointing packed into what you just said. I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to it again. Yeah. We have to be aware of the glory that we carry. Yeah. It's imperative that, you know, maybe we work at a mini, some sort of job that maybe isn't glor- glorious. <laughs> Not sure. to overuse yeah. the word. But how can we be carriers of the glory of God? I mean, Jesus, like you said, he prayed this. Yeah. He spoke this out over us. Yeah. He yeah. prophesied in John 17 yeah. that we are carriers of the glory. Mm-hmm. And then he also prayed that we would be one. Yes. As close as Jesus and the Father are one. Yeah. So in these last days, unity of the church is more important than ever. Mm-hmm. And if we walk with the awareness of the glory inside of us and carry that glory of goodness wherever we go. And if more of us are doing it, more of us Mm -hmm. are talking about it. We're respecting the blood of Jesus. We're respecting the glory of God that's in each one of us. It's going to be much easier to love your brother when you know, and you see the glory of God in them. For instance, Mm I, I love you, brother. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you and I may not agree on every little thing. Right. And none of, do any of those things matter? No. They don't matter one bit. No. What matters is I, the glory of God is in you. You are my brother mm-hmm. in Christ. The glory yes. of God. <laughs> and so Amen. it's important. It's important for us to know this and to walk every single day. We don't have to be preachers. We don't have to be in, you know, leaders of companies and have influence over thousands of people. Wherever right. we are and whatever we do, we are carriers of the glory of the Most High God. Amen. Yeah, that's so good. And, and just to add to that, like in the book of revelations, which is, you know, it's the, it's the end time book. It's the revelation to Paul of the things to come. Like we know that Jesus in revelations, he's looking for a pure and spotless bride to sit at the lamb's supper. And And so as we become unified, I mean, he's looking for a unified bride, first of all. He wants a bride that is unified and a bride that's pure and spotless. And so unity, like you said, is such a big thing. And that glory, that glory is what ultimately will unify us when we take our gaze off of our own agendas and our own, you know, what we're trying to get across, whether it's biblical or not, if we focus on him and his glory and, and steward what he's given us to give to others, souls are the only thing that matter. Everything else in this world is a means to an end. Jesus wants us to, to have as much influence in the souls on this earth as we can. And so when, when that glory just fills the room, when, when, when people that don't even know Jesus, they can be knocked to their feet. That, we just talked about that earlier. They can experience the weightiness and, and have real. And so it's, it's really important in these last times to major on the majors and not the minors, not Amen. the things that are easy to get caught up on. God wants to use those to refine you as he brings it revelation to you. But let the word of God refine each person as it's supposed to and focus on the fact that Jesus is coming back. He wants a pure and spotless bride who are glorifying him and how they talk and how they act. I mean, Jesus only did what he saw the father doing and only said what he saw the father doing because he knew that's what would bring him glory. And so let us be in that same heart and mind of seeking him to know what it is each day that will glorify him with our life. Amen. Well said, brother. Mm. (laughs) Would you pray for us? Of course I pray. God, I just thank you so much for who you are in our lives and, and how you reveal yourself to us, us in such intimate fashions and in ways that you know will touch our hearts and and will help us grow 
and mature and become more like your son, Jesus, that as we walk these shortened days of our life, that we would look at you as the focus, as the goal, that we would know that we are not running a race necessarily to sprint through it, but we're running with endurance, knowing that we will face all sorts of trials and temptations, but that as we seek your face, as we, as we remain in your glory, these will be able to overcome anything that the enemy tries to bring at us, Lord. And I thank you that you've given me my brother, Justin here, who just continues to spur me on in the faith, who continues to help me grow in that image of Christ. And, and Lord, that all my, uh, brothers and sisters who are listening, all, all the amazing people that are going to hear this are going to experience just not words that come out of our mouths, but revelation from the Holy Spirit that you've put on our hearts, God. So I thank you for that. And we just love you so, so very much. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Justin, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's an honor to be able to do this with you and just see what God's placed on your life. Just start rolling out into fulfillment. I mean, one of many things, but such an impactful thing for the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you, brother. I love you. We'll do it again. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. For more, visit us at justinself.org. Join our email list at justinself.org to receive exclusive weekly content, along with more teachings, blogs, and other resources. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Unstoppable Blog. We hope this podcast has encouraged, equipped, and empowered you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive God's promises and live a life without limits.